All right, all right, all right. We're back. We're back again with another episode. Welcome back, pals. And for those first-time listeners, thank you for tuning in. I'm your pal, George Bootsalis. And I'm your other pal, Ricky Liorti. And this week, we had Tyler McGregor in the studio. Tyler is a professional sledge hockey player who's competed on the international stage with Team Canada from 2013 to currently. He's won a couple world championships, uh, a silver medal at the Olympics, a bronze medal at the Olympics, and just such an inspirational story and really took one of the, you know, something that could have been a terrible incident in his life and really used it and, and saw it as a positive experience and it changed his life for the better, uh, which is very inspirational to many people. So I uh, take a listen to this because he's, uh, he's definitely someone who's going to be doing great things. And he's actually doing a 25 kilometer sledge race kind of thing for charity with ta with uh terry fox foundation terry fox foundation that's it thank you george <laughs> no we're blank there for a second so he's gonna be doing that on february 21st so definitely donate if you can the link will be in the caption for this photo and georgie tell me who our sponsors are so let's give a nice big warm friendly shout out to the people that make it happen the ones that keep the lights on shout out to cottage springs Cottage Springs is a Canadian-based vodka beverage company. All beverages are gluten and sugar-free and have 100 calories. Cottage Springs Vodka Water is the first vodka water cooler in Canada. Zero sugar, zero carbs, 100% Canadian. Comes in raspberry, lime, and strawberry kiwi. And they also have some delicious flavors in their vodka sodas, uh, like Ontario peach, watermelon vodka, lemon lime vodka, and the exclusive wild cherry vodka. I personally love the wild cherry. Again, 100 calories, no sugar, no carbs, gluten-free. You can pick up a pack of either the waters or the vodka, your local LCBO today. Go check them out and follow them at, at Cottage Springs. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Cast, the objective assembly of public opinion that is reshaping, revamping, and reintroducing Honesty, objectivity, unique opinion, diverse discourse, and equality to social media. We are we are in closed beta, slowly moving towards our open beta, and the usernames are flying off the shelf like hotcakes. So if you want to be cool and get a first name username, hit us up. There's a few left, not many. Most first names in the world are gone now. So if you want access and you want to get you want to try and get yours, I highly recommend you message us. But anyways, guys, Cass is doing great things. Um, we're really excited. The feedback's been overwhelmingly positive. And yeah, we just want to create discourse and bring some objective, uh, objective narratives back to the media. That's all. Check it out. Hit us up in the DMs or at createyourcast, www.createyourcast.com. And my pal, Richard L F. G. Let's freaking go. You're not alright. I'm not alright. I like to drink and smoke. Take away the pain. And you don't cool people who are like-minded and just have a good time yeah and we always even when jordan came on we'd always say like what's the what do we look for when we want to bring on guests and we want to bring on people that have cool stories and people that we want to sit down with and chat with for you know an hour an hour yeah. plus so i guess that leads us to bringing you on and obviously you know fun guests olympians are obviously a big part of 
of what we do and what we who we love chatting. I'm me personally. Yeah, Rick's got crushes on Olympians. The biggest hard on for Olympians. Everyone out there knows that. <laughs> yeah, basically everybody. But uh, welcome, buddy. It's yeah. good to have you Thanks on. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Keep the mic a little bit closer. Yeah, pull it. Okay. Uh, yeah, are we good? Yeah, I got you. Okay. All right. Thank you, you can move it to and everything if it gets like in the yeah way. thanks for having me i'm excited this is my first podcast as i was i was saying earlier so i'm pumped it. to be here love it podcast virginity yes sir <laughs> <laughs> well you just had this, this nice unboxing we did and that's pretty dope so obviously listening to it you're doing something with terry fox i am which has got to be you know a pretty monumental thing in your career it is. I'm excited to do it. And so February 21st, I'm going to skate 25K, try to raise 25K um, for the Terry Fox Foundation. And and obviously, he's important to me. Um, and, you know, as a kid, I, I grew up an able-bodied kid, very healthy kid. And so at 15, um, I broke my leg in a hockey game. And that led to an eventual car- cancer diagnosis, sorry. And, uh, and you know, within weeks, I, I found out I'd do a, an eight-month eight month chemotherapy protocol. And, um, and then shortly after found out that my leg was going to be amputated above the knee. And so obviously I was in my OHL draft year. So obviously at that time it was, it was heartbreaking, devastating. And, and I can't even begin to tell you the emotions that were kind of flowing through me at that time. And, and honestly, I give my parents so much credit because, um, I was 15 kind of just going with them, going with the flow. Um, I can't imagine the stress that would put on on parents. Um, and so obviously that was life changing. And, and, uh, and and I always tell the story because when I was diagnosed, doctors would always say, um, would tell me that I was, I had an 80% chance of survival and, and they would compare it to, uh, I guess it's been close to 41 years now since Terry Fox did the marathon of hope. Um, and at that time our our cancers were very similar. And so at that time he was given a 20% chance of survival. So basically, you know, with his impact, it's allowed me to basically be alive and not only that but but to continue to to play the sport that I love and and uh and yeah I I mean I the least I can do is continue to to try and honor his legacy and and I think you know this is one way that that I'm going to be able to do that and hopefully it goes well it's just year one too so love that story yeah that's I didn't like we we got right into this episode yeah yeah that's really (laughs) I mean, for starters, I can't even imagine what that's like, you know, I mean, that circumstance happening at any point is, is got to be tough to handle for any human being. But when you're young and like, you know, your whole world is like is hockey and, you know, you're going to the show or the potential to go that far. I get I don't even, Yeah, I can't even imagine what it's like to, to try and take that in and like and process all of that. Right. Because. You know, you can't look you. There's no at that age. There's no like gra- I'm assuming there's no grass is greener or this is going to be OK. Well, that's just it. Yeah. And it's it's crazy to look back on because I mean, it's been so long. Like, well, I mean, it's been 11 years. Um, so it feels like a different lifetime. Uh, and I, I mean, I think at that time I will say, like, I do kind of think it was a good thing. I was so young. Um, you know, I couldn't imagine being being 40, 45, 50 with a family and going through that kind of thing. Um, and so I will say like, I was always most scared of, of losing my hockey career versus, you know, losing my life to be completely honest. And, and I'd have very, very little experience dealing with cancer in my family other than, you know, two of my grandparents died when I was three years old. So I wasn't even really a part of that or, or present for that. And so, yeah, it was, it was crazy and all came at, at us so fast. And, um, 
you know, it's it, it's hard to believe that, that it was even a, a part of my life because it was so long ago, but it, it's kind of led me down a, a pretty incredible path. And I mean, it, it's obviously was a bad situation at the time, but but it's turned out pretty, pretty damn well. Man, you're in, you're in good spirits even talking about it, which I love. And it's very rare. To, are you going to ever look back and say, you know, I broke my leg and that was actually a really good thing? Like, I don't think people think that, but imagine if you didn't, it could have been a lot worse because you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't have even noticed. Well, I, I think, yeah, I think you're, you hit the nail on the head. Like, uh, I don't know what would have happened. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that's kind of what triggered everything that happened. I, I had surgery obviously. And, and so after that, um, I started to develop a mass on, on the site of the original fracture. And, um, I actually like months passed before anything really happened. I was practicing with, with the team, like, like no joke that my my tumor was about the size of a tennis ball and and I was I was practicing without contact and and like feeling physically healthy mentally healthy as well up until about two three weeks before my diagnosis and then uh, obviously my x-ray showed a different story and and that led to my diagnosis but um but yeah it it was it was pretty wild to to be quite honest I don't think I've ever seen someone with like you look happy even talking about it because I guess it, it, although it kind of took your life and turned it upside down, it changed it, maybe put you on an even better path now. And we're obviously going to get into the Olympics and, and what you're doing now, but you just have a good energy. Like you, you don't look back and be like, yeah, no, my, you know, it changed my life and I'm pissed. It's like, no, you're like talking about it and you're smiling. Yeah. I think that's so important. And, and honestly, like there were certainly like without question, difficult times but I, I was lucky to have incredible people around me like they're like you played hockey you know the the community that that supports you um there was multiple times where we had full hockey teams in the hospital rooms um coming to visit um so and then you know family friends complete strangers so I was lucky to be surrounded by so many incredible people that kind of help lift your spirits and um and you know doctors and nurses as well and, and so I mean all the power to them because really you know i i just sat and, yeah. and waited for things to to happen uh they delivered the the chemo drugs and i i just kind of waited for the process to be <laughs> over uh i think the hard part came after and came you know moving forward and and kind of learning how to navigate the next step of my life so how did like what happened kind of following that was it I mean, going through all that, was it, did it take a while to kind of process things and figure out what you wanted to do? Were you in kind of like a, a tough space mentally? Was it like, okay, you know, right away, I want to figure out how I can make the best of this. Like, where were you at kind of just immediately, immediately or so soon thereafter from sur- like the process and the surgery and all that stuff? I, I think it was, it was kind of a roller coaster because it, it, it was up and down. I mean, so I had my, I had my amputation the day of my OHL draft. Um, and so I remember that day just like, the most bittersweet feeling like being so excited for some buddies like you know we were all so excited for that year and to to take that step and then at the same time I'm absolutely pissed that I don't get to be a part of that were, um, sorry to interrupt were, yeah. were you projected to get drafted I, I don't know yeah, you're, you're, I, I, would, I would hope so yeah. Uh, yeah. you were the first rounder but you were, <laughs> yeah. you were getting picked at yeah. some point yeah it's too hard to say but <laughs> I, I would have liked to think so yeah um and then really like it's kind of a blur, but it was honestly more difficult to adjust to life with a prosthetic leg than I thought it was going to be. Like I thought I'd, I'd put it on and, and, you know, walk out of the hospital right away. Um, I spent like two, three weeks, uh, doing rehab in London and it it was, it was kind of, 
it was interesting because it was it's a veterans hospital and so um my roommate was was like an 80 year old guy his name was roly i love um, how you call him your roommate <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah, yeah just us too uh i think the world cup was on at that time so it, it was it was pretty jokes with like I'd wake up in the morning, he'd be like knitting and having a coffee by the window. Uh, and he had diabetes and had just lost his leg as well. So we were, we were both kind of learning to walk. But um, but yeah, like that, that part was a lot harder than I expected it to be. Um, and then fast forward, like a few months later, uh, when I finished chemo, I, like I wanted to start playing again. And, and so I had a, a, a leg built for, for skating and um, <laughs> pretty damn hard uh, without a knee um but like there was there was a short time where I was like man I'm gonna be the first above knee amputee to play in the NHL and then like that was so far-fetched but but uh I was kind of convinced that as a young teenager that, that that would happen and then uh and then like I mean my mind was going crazy like I was thinking okay if I can't play I'm gonna coach or be a GM and I've always been passionate about just like being involved in hockey in some capacity and um you know, my mom was going a mile a minute trying to figure it out. But I, I think that belief was always there that, that things would work out. And and they certainly have. I just picture you on like NHL 2005 or so, 2005, <laughs> playing like be a GM mode right now. Yeah. Okay, I can't play, but I'm going to be the best GM ever <laughs> making trades. And shit. Oh, man, I, I live for fantasy right now. <laughs> <laughs> prior, prior to this year and with the app, me and Georgie were super big on all fantasy sports. Yeah, like, I, honestly, fantasy. this year has been such a joke. Like, I think I have nine games postponed tonight, maybe 10. So, like, half my team's <laughs> so, 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 COVID getting, story. I actually haven't been able to wrecked. follow, like, any. I don't do fantasy hockey. It's the only sport I yeah. don't. Really, I'm not, not good, never played. I actually, I'm the guy with, when I play NHL 5, only does GM because I don't know how to play. <laughs> yeah. So, I was checking on the business side. But, uh, yeah, fantasy sports this year, like, really, really hard oh, to get into. Yeah. yeah. Even while, I haven't been able to. I mean, hockey, maybe. I don't know. Is it as different? Like, I can't no, watch basketball. It's yeah, all the time. Yeah, I mean, like, there is definitely some differences like with without fans less excitement in the building the north division has been unreal like offense is incredible <laughs> like, just, you get so many good rivalries going every yeah, day right yeah like battle it's, of alberta the 401 battle though whatever battles. especially like i think we're like two games in and those two three games in and some of those rivalries like game 10 is gonna be yeah nuts. yeah I love that's that. Really, so that's really cool. You got out of the hospital, let's say what, maybe six months after? Or? Yeah, uh, eight, no, eight, eight yeah. So then, when did you decide? Okay, you know what? Since I can't play hockey, obviously skating without a knee is quite difficult. Uh yeah. So pretty soon after, um, a former coach of mine, a coach from spring hockey. Um, to be quite honest, before I started sledge hockey, I'd known very little about it, other than maybe. It was it was huge for our sport to host the the Olympics and Paralympics in Canada in 2010 because I think that that really helped um, you know people see our sport for the first time really um, and so a former coach actually kind of he said like hey if if you're struggling to find a way this is you know something that's available to you and so I was like okay um, and and to be quite honest like at that time I I personally struggled with you know being like well, you know, I seen I seen myself as an able-bodied athlete. I, I always was, and and still view myself that way now. And so, I hesitated originally, thinking like I don't want to play a Paralympic sport. Um, and, and I'm so glad I did, because it, it's like like, you know, I met some of the most incredible people th 
through that. Um, so I started about a year after I finished chemo. Um, and, and really, like, I think that's kind of when I fully regained my health. Um, so I started late, or I guess early, started the season in 2011. Um, and man, it was hard. <laughs> it was, uh, I, I thought I'd be a superstar, like a, coming from a hockey background. Uh, I, I thought I'd be good right away. And I was absolutely garbage. <laughs> <laughs> what, what would be the hardest? What's the biggest difference? I mean, obviously, it's a more upper body than lower yeah. body. Is that a fair? Like, yeah, it's and- it's purely upper body, upper body and core. Um, and so, like, one thing right away um, is I had, like, terrible use of my left hand. I'm right-hand dominant, obviously, as, as a lot of people are. And so it's an ambidextrous sport. So I had to learn how to be, to be good. I had to learn how to do that. Um, and so legit, I would, I, I started doing like household activities with like everything you do with your right hand. I started to do with my left. So like brushing my teeth, washing dishes, whatever, just to try and like train my, my brain really. And I guess my, my body. Um, but then, so I'd say that was one thing for sure. Just learning how to use my left hand. The other thing is like, it's crazy to learn how to skate with your hands, with your arms and be able to handle the puck while doing that. Um, and it's such an awkward thing to learn. Uh, that was by far the, the most challenging thing. And then, and then just timing, um, on the ice, like there was so many times where, where I'd get frustrated, um, you know, instinctually playing the game, but not being able to, to physically put myself in that position. Um, and so that was tough. Yeah. Are you are you playing against a lot of guys um, with a lot of guys and against a lot of guys at the, you know at the Olympic level who have been playing sledge hockey from like childhood or at what point does that um, is it similar and I you know to sound kind of ignorant to it, but like is it the same as like hockey leagues coming up is there from developmental leagues all the way up so a, a bunch of both honestly there's there's a few teammates and, and and opponents for sure and and even at the grassroots level who you know kids who were born with with their disability or or acquired it kind of early in their life and, and start playing at a very young age. But then you also get, you know, people like myself who, um, like I have quite a few teammates who also had cancer. We have military veterans who, um, you know, served the country in, in Afghanistan and, um, and then others who were in car accidents. And so it's kind of like, it's hit or miss. Like there's, there's a lot, um, who have been playing for a very long time and others who, uh, picked it up later in life and and I would say like the majority of the guys on our team come from a, a hockey background who right now like who played at a relatively high level and and then had whatever happened to them and and wanted to continue playing so I think there's there's similar stories but but different in their own sense and it's pretty cool um to to be around those and just to like as you as you started off like just to be surrounded by those like-minded people who who want to accomplish the same things that's awesome um so that was 2011 now 2013 that was your first time competing at the international level Mm -hmm. what was that like what was like when you got the first call saying hey you made the squad now was that like your draft night yeah absolutely and it was it was actually halloween um i thought you remember the date oh yeah i remember because uh i got that call and and uh 
I went to London right after my buddies. My buddies were down there, uh, living there for school. So we went out that night and and had a, where'd, where'd you go? Uh, we went to uh, we went to the Frog that night actually. Yeah, that was yeah. early. We're, we're Western grass. Oh yeah, yeah okay, you know the frog yeah, very well. Yeah, now it's called Delilah's. Hey, you see that they changed? Oh it. really? Yeah, but I they, they changed. Shout out to Kirk. Just measured him today actually. <laughs> <laughs> shout out Kirk. Yeah, so they just named it Delilah's. But anyways, you went to the Frog, uh, got the call. That's obviously super exciting. Yeah, it it was unbelievable and like you know, especially being a, I guess I would have been 17, maybe no 18 at that time. And so uh, playing on a men's team, I was kind of like, what the hell? Like it was, it was a whirlwind really. And I mean, we, the following month we had a tournament in Calgary. And so that was kind of my first international competition. And, um, and then later that year, uh, it was pretty like, I never thought I'd, I'd end up playing hockey in South Korea. Um, and that was our first or my first world championships. Um, and our team hadn't won in a world championships in five years, I think since 08. Um, and, uh, and yeah, like obviously my role was different on the team at that time. I was a younger guy. I think I played two, three shifts in that gold medal game. Um, but it was still like unreal just to be a part of, uh, I remember it so well. Um, you know, there was South Korea at that time, obviously not a traditional hockey to, uh, nation and so there was like 12 15 people in there and and most of them were like canadians living abroad teaching uh just going absolutely banana land so uh it, it was pretty fun and then we had quite a night that that night uh so yeah that that whole experience was was unbelievable and it was kind of it was kind of confirmation for me that like you know i i, I was there um and, and that you know life was kind of progressing as as I had planned or, or, or believed. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, South Korea. I mean, you said you made a comment about going out. Like I've, so I've been to South Korea. Yeah. I went to Seoul, but the one Man. thing I do know is they drink like fish out there. Oh, so <laughs> they consume, I think more, I think so, they consume more alcohol than water. In yeah. That country. The, no offense. Like South we've Korea. had it's some amazing place, wild but. nights in South Korea. Like <laughs> yeah. a bartender drove us home after we won world championships in 2017. Like <laughs> five of us, she, we just hop in her BMW at the end of the night. It was hilarious. Oh, uh, and then we have, uh, there's this place. It's like, it's in Incheon out by the airport. But yeah. so we always stay there like our last night before we fly out. And it's 2017 again, or no, this is 2018. Oh, wait, are the world championships always there? No, but oh. uh, so they were in 2013 and 2017, and then we had the Paralympics there in 2018. Oh, so okay. they so it's your spot so, now. Yeah, yeah. So we've been there like five, six times, and and there's this place called the Cinder Bar. Uh, this I think he's um, the bartender. His name's Warren. He's from Canada, but but like after we won worlds there in 2017, like the our hosts made made this big banner of all of our faces and our names in Korean. So they hung it from the rafters and then, uh, and then we rang the bell. I think there was like 35 people. It's just a sm small little bar. So we, we'd line up shots like many times, obviously. <laughs> and, and, uh, like we all have our shirts off. He's because we're Canadian. He's playing the hip. It was unreal. <laughs> like, <laughs> so I guess when you're out there too, you've had your fair share of like soju and everything like that. Eh? Yes, sir. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I, uh, I went the first time I was there, I did like a backpacking trip in 2018 and I was going to Japan and actually like Ricky, my parents came to meet me. My brother was around my birthday and Ricky and his family came. But before that I was by myself in South Korea and I was like, Seoul's nearby. It seems kind of cool. 
I didn't expect what to be the way it was. Like, it's super cool city, like, really, really fun. But uh, the difference I found when I was there compared to, like, Japan. Japan is still has, like, like some English. It's very laid out. When I was walking on Seoul the first night, I was like, man, there's, like, no English signs. Like, I had to, like, guess in the restaurants what I wanted to eat. I was, like, pointing at stuff. Drank a lot of soju. And I, like, that's, I look at the table and everyone's drinking the same stuff. And I was like, what is this? And they're like, we consume, I guess, soju. Like, fun fact they told me was that soju is, like, the highest consumed alcohol in the world. Or something like that, Just like based off them. Based, I think so. I don't know if that's a hundred percent accurate. Do you want to check? So, uh, soju <laughs> is like the the consumption of soju in the world. S O J U. Anyways, that's that's how I know what that is, and that's my. I had like three nights in South Korea, just eating barbecue. Do they sell and, it here? Yeah, actually, buy it in Del Cibio. It's it's that's pretty I'm strong. Tomorrow now. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's like yeah, it is right. Crazy, like that's they, that's insane. They do drink like fish. Though. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> Same with the past couple of places we've gone. Like we went to Czech Republic last year, and I think oh. they drink highest beer per capita. You can fact check that too. <laughs> uh, you highest beer Prague? per capita. Uh, no, so we were in Ostrava, and then okay. so we had World Championships there, and then we uh, we stayed afterwards, and a bunch of us went to. Uh, I think there was a group of five of us. We we spent a week in Austria. Oh, sick. Um, yeah. What's uh? What's your favorite place? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Say, what's your favorite place you've ever traveled because of, I guess, this? Uh, I think, so I want to do Prague because I, I, uh, I think Czech Republic will be amazing. Um, just because, so when we travel for hockey, like we're kind of just between hotel and rink. And, they don't and we you have like free time or something. Th- we do. You're an um, Olympian, but, man. You can't be out drinking in the middle of yeah. the tournament. You got to be out there. Once, once the game's done. Yeah, like, so, so we... You told us how he just had a couple bevies at this, what was that bar yeah. called in South Korea? Yeah, the Cinder Bar. <laughs> I'm going to check <laughs> that out next time I go. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's a good spot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I think Austria, just because like we actually had a... like We, we spent four or five days in Vienna and, uh, and it was kind of like... It was after World Championships, so we were all just kind of having a having a time, and uh, told you, yeah. <laughs> couple pops. Well, yeah, yeah. We got well. That's a. It's going to be the plan moving forward. Is like when when we're at a tournament. Obviously, we're kind of just hotel and rink, but but there's an opportunity to extend it and kind of venture out. That's yeah. that's going to be the plan moving forward. Prague. Uh, I did Prague with a buddy. Shout out to Vishal. He actually like came to meet me on that like same trip. It was later, kind of a month later. Prague's really, really cool. Yeah. Just like, yeah, they drink like fucking crazy. It's obviously probably like the next place I saw that like just everyone looks like they're drunk at all times. You walk the city, it's like like English guys on bachelor parties, like other people all over the, from, like, it seems like everyone comes there. Like it's almost like um, kind of like a Vegas type vibe or Miami type vibe of like the, of Europe. Yeah, but. That sounds Prague, unreal. Yeah, Prague's a good time. Yeah, yeah it's I a lot of fun. Check that out. I've never been. I mean, I'll put that on my list. Prague's a good spot. Yeah. Um, okay, so moving past 2013, the next big, uh, I guess, next big feat is 2014, the Olympics. I guess making that team is obviously more exciting. You're another year in, a couple more years experience. Yeah. What was that like? It, it was crazy. Um, and especially, I'd never been to Russia before, and, and uh, Sochi is like, it's a resort town, right? So it, it's it? like I don't know anything about Sochi. Yeah, it's like other it's than the Olympics. It's so far south in Russia that uh, the first time we went, it was like forty degrees in August. Like we, thank you. We leave the rink and and go lay by the pool. Like never been at a hockey tournament like that. <laughs> uh, so Sochi was unreal. Like obviously being my first experience at the games, like the opening ceremony, walking out there was just absolutely nuts. It, it was mind blowing and like. It felt like you're a part of a movie, like just walking out 
and uh, and there's lights flashing everywhere. There's forty thousand people, and the place just erupts. And so, like that part was all so incredible. And we started that tournament really well. Um, yeah, pull that medal out. Um, <laughs> we started really well, and and obviously we have a big rivalry with the states, and um, and we. We ended up facing them in the semifinals. I think they lost a game in the round robin, which is kind of unusual. And so, I mean, it can go either way those those games. And and so they ended up scoring a first the first goal and kind of got a little bit of momentum. Scored another one and and then added an empty net. I think uh, I might be wrong on that, but um, but yeah, like so obviously that was disappointing. We expected to be in a gold medal game. Um, I will say the the good thing is though, like winning that, and, and I've been on the other side of, uh, obviously there's a silver over there. Um, winning a bronze medal feels a hell of a lot better than losing a losing and getting a silver. Um, and so, you know, you're able to to celebrate a little bit after, but but I think just like experiencing the games for the first time, and it, it was such an incredible experience. I had my family there. Um, we had. You know, my teammates obviously had their family there. We had such a great time. Um, it, it was so nice. Like we, our family was staying so close that we could just hop on a bike and be there in five minutes and, and go visit them every day after practice or after games. Um, and then just like just experiencing the village for the first time, it was it, it was so cool. I was still only um, twenty. I think I had my twentieth birthday in Sochi, um, and, and so. Yeah, it was it was unbelievable. Obviously, would have loved a different result, but um, but like you know, our, I think our you know we had a great time nonetheless, and, and and you know that following year made a ton of changes to our team that were really positive to like put us in a position to to win a gold medal next time, and, and obviously that didn't happen in Pyeongchang, but but we started you know to at least trend positively in the right direction and. Uh, Got to finish the collection next year. Well, you know, at least you, you guys have a couple of golds at the World Champions, which is, if correct me if I'm wrong, it's almost the same thing, just different stage. Yeah, like different, yeah. different years. Just a stage below. Yeah, yeah. That, that's it. So, well, you're you're trending in the right direction. But I, I want to ask, what's your role on the team? It's changed significantly. Um, <laughs> yeah, like uh, obviously. Like, are you a grinder or a goal scorer? I, I'm I a goal scorer. Baby. Like yeah, goal. <laughs> look, at how, look at how small these mitts are. <laughs> these are built for. Bill for scoring. <laughs> uh, I wouldn't hurt a single person with a punch. I'm I'll, I'm willing to throw it, but I'm not hurting anything. <laughs> hey, at least you're on. That's uh, going back to one thing you said that was really interesting, and like, I think that's like how people feel commonly is like winning a bronze is better than like losing the gold medal, which is so interesting because like in theory, like you're obviously better off with the silver. Yeah. But it's that thing of like, you kind of lost something versus not getting, like you gained one thing, but you lost the other thing. Exactly. It's really interesting. Just like being this close, like, and honestly, like what, probably one of the more difficult things I've ever done in life is losing in Pyeongchang. And just, I think it was, it was really more so a fact of the fashion that it happened. Like we had a one, nothing lead late in the game. Um, we haven't, our team hasn't won a Paralympic gold since 06. And, and so we were literally this close. And, and again, for, for myself and for all my teammates, it's like, you know, that's something that you've worked for and dreamed of for so long. And, and, and we were 37 seconds away from winning and they tied it up. 
and then we ended up losing an OT. And, and like, I think it's just like, you know, a matter of like seeing stars and like, you know, seeing it unfold in front of you. And then it's just ripped away from you right away. I think versus like, honestly, a bronze medal game is tough to play in as well. It, it's hard to get motivated for. Um, I remember like right the day before our practice, before our bronze medal game, like our team was like, we were throwing punches in practice. Everybody was absolutely miserable to be there. Um, you just like, you don't want to play in a bronze medal game, but when it's over and you win it, it feels good. Yeah. Um, and you're still able to celebrate. I mean, not, not saying we can't celebrate a silver. We certainly did, but, um, <laughs> yeah. It's just different. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of that, like, it, it's really interesting to think about it from that perspective, from like, from the mental state, because for a gold medal, you are so riding so high. And then I'm guessing to end up with a silver it comes down like this whereas vice versa you're so low for the bronze and you win and you're like oh sick we got this now yeah like let's go out let's go have some soju and let's yeah. go party that's exactly <laughs> yeah it. one one thing i wanted to ask earlier was the dynamic in a in a um for a sledge hockey team versus uh like a, your hockey team before is it i guess is the group in a um in the sledge hockey team because you said there's like veterans there's guys who come up in the sport and not is it more like is eclectic the right word? Like, is a different different dynamic? Do guys do the careers go longer? So there's a lot of different ages. Like, what is the dynamic like for a for a team makeup? Yeah, it. it so we have we currently have a, a player on our team who's who's 39, and our youngest player I believe is 18. So uh, wow. there's obviously a, a huge age gap there, and and we live all over the country too. Um, so we're scattered all over the country, and and we do have a like a good nucleus of players in Ontario, and. Um, and we're very lucky for that. Uh, and then we travel like once a month. And so honestly, like one of my roles right now, so I, I kind of got off track there. And when you asked that question about, about roles, but like one of my roles right now is trying to figure out how, how to bring everyone together. And I will say like, honestly, I, I played on a lot of teams and things change year to year. Like right now we have a very tight knit group. Um, and, and it's just a matter of like, how do you, how do you continue to build on that? Um, and so obviously that's been even more challenging with, you know, not being able to, we haven't been together as a full team to travel in 11 months now. Um, so like, you know, we, we've been trying to do connect over zoom obviously. And, um, yeah, it's, it's honestly tough, but I, like, I think our team is like, we're so diverse and come from such different backgrounds, but all have, all have happened had something similar happen in our lives and, and just like, it, it's kind of a bond in itself. Um, and then, you know, I, I think, you know, we have diverse personalities and, and, you know, we have some, some great like glue guys on our team that, that help kind of bring everyone together. Even, yeah, I wouldn't say that's something, something I'm a, an expert at or don't profess to be. Um, but yeah, man, it's it, it, it's tough. It really is, especially on a, a sledge hockey team. Like I would I would die to to be able to have our team together, like live together in the same city, play on a similar to a, a pro sports team as the opportunity to do. I, I think it'd be incredible. Um, but it, it's it's an interesting dynamic. But at the same time, it's it's pretty awesome because it allows us to to travel and. Um, yeah, I think we try to try to visit each other as much as possible, even when we're not competing with the team. Nice. How yeah. how do you or how do you practice? Especially, well, I guess not even now. Maybe just in, in <clears throat> kind of generally. Um, do you guys want 
college no I'm thing? no um yeah how do you like is it because you guys are all over the place do you just kind of get together with whoever's nearby do you kind of just have your own ring time and go through drills what is practice like before yeah. this and, and even now what does it look like so we in a typical season we would basically have a training camp or a competition once at least once a month um for like seven to ten days um and then when we go home we we have like small training hubs across the country so in toronto excuse me in toronto we have um well just this week we had 12 guys that that are in ontario not all are like local to the gta um but we practice and have a skills coach come out run a practice for us um and then it you know those numbers are different for guys across the country but but we've been we've been fortunate now, um, just especially you know, preparing for Beijing next year, that we've been able to have the opportunity to continue playing and practicing. Um, obviously, haven't that hasn't been in competition, but um, but yeah, we right now we're we're practicing three days a week, and um, and then our trainers right at the rink as well. So so we've been real lucky with that, um, and then we're kind of we're kind of playing the waiting game to to find out you know, when we can get the entire team back together, uh, to have a full, a full training camp, uh, it's supposed to be, uh, within the next couple months. Um, but we'll see. <laughs> what's, uh, what's training look like for you? Um, we do. You got, you got pretty thick arms. I'm just, well, like uh, row, a lot of rows. <laughs> Uh, literally, yeah, like oh, ski push, machines at the push gym. Pull, like, yeah, so we do a lot so of we do a lot of cardio on on those ski ergs. Um, so I kind of rotate back back and forth between that and the rowing machine. Um, and so like we right, oh, Brandon, now, you got to get him a rowing plug, one of those nice rowing yeah. machines. I thought what are they, what are they called? Yeah, yeah. What, they, what is it called? Like Concept Two or something? Yeah, yeah. Well, hey, we're on it too. <laughs> yeah. Concept Two, you hear yeah. this? Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get you a partnership with one of those. Yeah, that'd be. I don't rolling. know. I don't know where the hell I'd fit that in my condo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I don't know. Right now we're we're doing the th- three practices a week, um, and then we basically have. I think our schedule right now is like three strength, two or three strength workouts, um, and then so yeah, like it's it's a little bit of everything like it and it also depends on the time of season so i think like right now we're kind of in a strength building phase um and geez i don't know all the fitness jargon but um but yeah so we we do a lot and it's honestly mostly upper body core like hips like hamstrings actually yeah like we do have to do some lower body because you know i have one there's some other guys on our team that do have um use of of both their legs that sitting in a sled is honestly the least comfortable thing that you could ever do. And so you do run into some lower body, body issues with that. I was actually going to ask yeah. that question. After. Oh, it's, it's not comfortable at all. Like, <laughs> is it what, like, cause they don't look comfortable. Right? No. In the slightest. Is no. it just built for speed and that's it? Yeah. And it's, it's really like, I mean, comfort is something that's going to be a, an issue at, like, as we continue to, you know, try to like develop better sleds. Um, and I probably currently have like one of the more advanced ones. I, I did a project with uh, uh, some engineers out in BC. And, and so they built me like a custom sled to my so body. You so got like the, the heavy duty sled. Yeah, but the problem is it's so rigid. And because they like we focused, we really focused on like making it a part of my body um, and making it really strong. But the problem with that is that it became so rigid that like 
it's like my back is it's, it's in shambles at the end of especially during games um and so yeah like it's it, it's something we really haven't figured out is like how to make them comfortable we're right now we're kind of or have been focusing on on trying to increase performance as much as possible and i think comfort will probably come second but jeez does everyone is there no standardization like at the olympics can you just get one custom made they anywhere? they do have um we have to get our equipment checked every, before every tournament they have to approve it but um so like there is guidelines and, and i think you know that's kind of above my head i think more so like our team manager kind of helped inform the these guys when they're building it to to try and keep it within within those regulations but um yeah it's there's so many there's so many people that are trying to help which is unbelievable it's just a matter of like it's just trial and error because i always tell people like sledge hockey has only been a paralympic sport since 94 um and, and when you think about it, it, like stand-up hockey or able-bodied hockey it's like the nhl has been around for over 100 years right so like we have so much room to grow and it's so early on in the development process that like it's pretty exciting to be involved in but um it, it's just it's going to take some time yeah yeah what about even like hockey sticks i guess dude are there you know like i guess i haven't played hockey in forever but like remember like the eastern synergies and stuff like those <laughs> yeah. are like the top of the line sticks way back in the day do they have like how, how do your sticks work are they just smaller sticks like yeah I, yeah sorry, sorry the, if i sound ignorant no not, not at all not at no all idea. i'm so ignorant rick yeah, i have I, not I, a clue in the world not, I would, i'm just i would have asked yeah. to actually i'm not sure no, I'm it's, very a, curious. it's a good question man because they have so the spikes many, on the end right and yeah, that's those, how you move those things are very sharp um or new ones are um but yeah like so we do have composite sticks and i'll watch what i say here because um we got to get ccm making some some sledge hockey sticks ccm let's go uh the uh and so like the lie basically just like they're obviously shorter and the lie is different um so it's like it's very flat uh in comparison to a, a regular hockey stick and so um and, and we haven't Wait, really what do you mean flat all hockey so the yeah so like so you but oh, i wish i had a stick because i'm gonna be absolutely garbage at explaining this <laughs> <laughs> but you're so low to the ice right that like the blade the blade's a lot more flat so uh, I get so, it. The angle's not really yeah, like um in comparison it's not to like the a shaft. ninety degree, it's more yeah. like a, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And uh I mean we haven't been able to experiment too much with different curves. Like we we have a little bit. There's probably I think three, maybe four get the different curve. patterns. I know. That's I, it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pumped to hopefully be able to do that someday. I used to love uh just like playing around with different curves as a as a young kid. Um, CCM's got to get on that. Yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, the equipment's yeah, that, that's another thing that's in early stages of development, but definitely better than than even when I started. So, uh, you know, at that time we were using like two piece sticks, kind of just they were weighed like five pounds, and you're just using paddles to, to <laughs> skate around. It was just trash. Jesus, what's uh? You said that you're uh, you're a scorer. What's can you remember one of your favorite goals you ever scored? I actually do. And just because two of my boys were a part of it too. Okay. <laughs> uh, it was, it was in South Korea and like, uh, actually, actually I think like three of my good buddies were all a part of it. Like another one might've made a breakout pass and then it was kind of like a chip out of the zone and then like a give and go. And I was like falling over. Um, I was like falling over. Well, 
I, I received the pass on my outside, brought it to my inside thinking I had a lane and then got a hit from from the inside and like pulled it over and uh, and got knocked over like kind of to the side and then I just released it like top corner so it was kind of like it was like a pretty athletic play uh, I kind of <laughs> surprised myself uh, but I'd say uh, yeah that was probably one of my favorites uh, other than like big goals I scored but honestly like the two of the biggest goals I scored were both pretty pretty garbage like yeah. money goals. <laughs> uh, he's like yeah i fanned on it i, I did i did i did if you like both my girls from 2017 world championships and the gold medal game were like i fanned on both shots and they just they just snuck through like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was a goalie so i know what yeah, those feel yeah. like, like uh, i was a couple like, squeakers yeah, in my day. it was one of those ones where like you're you'd be anticipating me to let go a rocket and i'm just like I just flub it. And it goes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, no. goal's a goal. Like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Nobody asks how. how. They ask how that's, many, right? That's right, yeah. Actually, well, on that note, how many international goals do you have? I have no idea. Jordan. <laughs> I think oh, my God. That's going to be a like, tough... One, 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 like, 77 or something. No, no. No, 170. I don't think so, no. No, 77, maybe? Oh, yeah, that might be. So, 77. That's a, that's a good amount. Huh. Wow, that's legit. Damn. Brandon, thanks for the stats. That was good. Yeah. I just, I he doesn't even know. Yeah, I Your stats, eh? Oh, yeah. Zero fights, 1.5 points per game. <laughs> I've tried. I, you can't You can't fight it. Well, you you can, but it's pretty tough to fight in a sled. You ever been hit with one of the... the uh, yeah, yeah, spear? for sure. Picks. Pick? Picks? Yeah. Yeah, I've got quite a few. Like, I have a little scar here on my bicep. Um, when that first happened, it was like, it was actually pretty deep. Um, and then I have a good one, like right along my, my oblique there. Um, that one was actually like, I, I deserved it to be quite honest. Like, so, I mean, like when, when you're kind of engaged in a play and you have your, your hands down, like halfway down your stick and, and you're like engaged in a battle, like one of the dirtier plays and I, I've done it and had it done to me, uh, you kind of like refrain in here and like pull it back and it, it leaves a pretty good pretty good one so i i actually like i have you guys full, have like rib protectors or something right no, no. that's no no so you can just hooks like you can no you you, you can't can. i know you can't but like if, i mean legally you it, can't but like yeah. someone's mad or something they could fucking yeah yeah and it's <laughs> honestly yeah it's pretty so. undetectable too because it's kind of just like kind of just looks like you're battling like in a in a play. how big is the the backside of like is it like a it's like a, they're like this big and they got like four wait so it's um, like an inch and a half th deep uh, the picks yeah they're well the, the picks so the the tips of them are like this oh, okay but they're like that long oh, okay. yeah gotcha gotcha jesus do some damage eh i love that do you know what's funny wait, wait, what was I, just, I forgot what was he asking before i asked something and i forgot shit i can't remember anyways we can uh, i was gonna say for my birthday a couple of years ago I actually wanted to host a sledge hockey game because my brother used to do the wheel yeah, uh, the wheelchair uh, yeah. races at Yorkdale back, way back in the day for uh, for charities. They were wheelchair races, hmm. so it was a big race at wheel at Yorkdale, and you'd literally in wheelchairs. People just run go around the mall Sunday mornings at like seven a.m. Uh, well, not Sunday mornings, one Sunday morning of the year, and I never got to go. In the one year I was actually going to go to volunteer, and then I also wanted to to do it because it seemed fun. Um, it got it got canceled. Then I always thought, I'm like, doing you know, a sledge hockey? Because growing up, I played hockey. Like, I love it. And you would see it on TV and stuff, and it's a different sport. You'd think, yeah, yeah. you're a hockey player, you'd be good. No, it's a completely different sport. 
So I always wanted to play, and I never have. And yeah, uh, you should. Now, I, now this is my opportunity. Man, I have. Uh, so, so I work for a nonprofit. It's called All Sports All People, and and so I have access. That's a nice plug. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, we're obviously not doing a whole lot right now, um, just because community programs aren't aren't operating. But but we do like wheelchair basketball and and sled hockey. So so I actually have at a storage facility. I have like forty. So I have plenty of sleds there. We should. Uh, we should forty. Yeah, like just just to take to All different right. communities. The pals so, are going on a yeah, little adventure. Yes, yeah, sir. We should do that sometime. Honestly, we should. I'll be there. One thing I wanted to ask is, how do you play? Uh, like, so let's say we're just going to organize a pickup game because obviously the rinks are different. Mm-hmm. Do you play when you play rec? I guess you just when you're not on, you just go off to the corner kind of thing because you can't just sled in and sled off of a regular rink. Yeah. The, the the plastic boards or whatever. Yeah. So we mostly transition to like playing at at accessible rinks that have kind of like like and a lot more starting to do it where they have like the the clear boards and and the plastic ice in benches um and and so like more and more are starting to do that but but even like i I mean like when we practice as a team and we practice at ford center in etobicoke where um, ford center for performance used to be mastercard yeah um and so like that rink's not accessible. Well, it can be actually, but the Olympic uh, pad they have there. Yeah. yeah, they have an Olympic one. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but even then, like we're so used to like transitioning, like just like even if it's not accessible, you just kind of pop yourself up and and down, like even when when there is a little lip. Um, but for the most part, yeah. Like so in rec games, like. I haven't played at the grassroots level in a while, but they would they would typically like kind of like have their benches if a rink wasn't accessible, have their benches on the ice, and then they they kind of just try to like avoid that area. Um, so it's not ideal, but I mean someday there there will be more and more rinks accessible Obviously, where it's yeah. a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that it. would be cool. Um, I what's the fr- I had something that that's what I was gonna ask. Um, back to things so you're talking about what well, the charitable organizations you're involved with, but we one thing we skipped or well, kind of waited till the end here is um, is talking about what you're gonna do for for Terry Fox initiative. So you said twenty five thousand kilometers, twenty five hundred, twenty five twenty five kilometers, twenty five kilometers. Um, sorry, we, and, and sorry. Our, yeah, no worries. Through that number all way out there, <laughs> yeah, twenty five kilometers. Yeah. But like, I'm guessing like yeah. So we're we're doing it uh, uh, on an outdoor rink at Blue Mountain. So I th- I believe. Their their outdoor skating trail is like just over a kilometer, like one point one, one point two, um, and honestly, man, like I'm a little bit nervous because like, yeah, I just get on the ice and play hockey. Like I have no idea how far, how much distance that would be. Uh, I don't train for for distance, so uh, I'm nervous. I think I'm gonna be absolutely gassed. What when are you but doing? Twenty five k is a uh, lot. Of- February twenty first. So, so I can actually. I mean. I don't know. Do you want me to tell you kind of roughly like the distance? It's kind of like from if you went from probably from the CN Tower. You know where Port Credit is in Mississauga? Yeah. So yeah. go to the CN Tower to Lakeshore and go time, so. all the way to here, Ontario Street. Holy that's about 25 kilometers. Actually, that's no, sorry. If you go from, from the, the CN Tower to here, Ontario and Lakeshore, it's almost exactly 25 kilometers. I've run that before. Damn. Yeah. That's but, a, you're yeah. a big runner, right? Eh? No, not I'm really. Not I just did it one day, and I, I remember <laughs> just, that it was the just longest. ambitious. I had longest I had ever run. You yeah. know what? You brought, yeah. I mean, yeah. It's downhill there I, going back. So little, I, I'm if nervous. I knew how to do this, man. I do this with you. Yeah. I just like this sounds awesome. It sounds uh, like well, it's right up my you alley. You could probably yeah. 
Uh, well, this There's is no way I could do 25. Not 25. Is, you ran a marathon recently without. Yeah, yeah I'm not saying like, the same thing, but like, like. Okay, so actually, I'm asking that to, weekend anyway. So yeah, I can't, yeah. Not I can't. to play, but you're not playing hockey, doing it as well. Okay, so like as an example, if Ricky picked up, like got on a sled, the I'd, I'd be your teammate, bro. I'd be yeah. Sure. No, okay. Sure. Well, what I want to curious about is like the hockey side, because like I can't even I can't even fathom what it's like to learn. Like you were a, a hockey player before, so and you said it's hard. I mean, I have I'm not terrible. Like you had one good hand that that knew how to shoot. And you had to yeah. teach your other hand how to shoot. Yeah, yeah. completely yeah. different. But in general, just the mobility on a sled, like get, when you get on the sled. Like, is there, does it balance, you have to balance yourself? Is it balanced when you're on it? How hard is it just to move in general to get going? Well, you can, um, you can adjust the width of the blades for sure. Um, And I actually just moved mine wider, just like, uh, just, just to be more stable shooting. So, so that's one thing you can do. And so the closer they are, the more agile you can be. I I should have brought my sled, honestly. Um, But uh, another episode though, right? Yeah, all right. I'm in. <laughs> when, when we get that, before we get that goal, we'll get another one and then follow on the goal. Yeah, we'll yeah. <laughs> I, I'm in. That sounds good. And so you can adjust the width of your blades to make it easier to balance. Um, but that makes like the wider your blades are, like you're turning a yacht at that point. So, um, <laughs> and, and so it, that makes it more challenging to do other things in a sled. Uh, so like it is a lot of core strength and stability. Um, but but typically, like the rule of thumb is like when you, when you're sitting in your sled, you want it to be at a height where your your knuckles touch the the ice, okay. so that you can kind of help yourself balance that way and use your hands. Um, so yeah, like it. I mean, we'd start you off in like a a sled with you know not not a ridiculous like probably probably blade to like two inches. So you can, wheels on yeah, yeah, yeah. Tra- that's the stick by the way. That's what he meant by it's almost flat. Yeah, like. Yeah, I, so, I, I know what you're mean now. It's, yeah, almost, like, it's when, almost like just straight all the way. Because when I shoot, like my knuckles are almost touching the ice. And like, wow. and, and so like part of the technique in shooting is like my knuckles are touching the ice and I use the pick to pick on the outside of my shin pad to use it as leverage and get more power. Is that, does that, do people do that or is that like yeah. a new special? No, no, no. I, I so teammate, it's, almost like, it's almost like you're like a cantilever kind of thing. You jam yeah. it in like kind of. Yeah, oh, you just like sh- lock your wrist as much as you can. Um, oh, follow sh- through pick like the outside like right around your knee and like you try to use that as leverage and that's uh, i would be terrible terrible yeah, i would <laughs> think i would well i use so, uh, so, so, like, that's what i was curious about sorry to go back and like i wasn't saying like yeah you could just go and do 25 kilometers just like that i, I can imagine <clears throat> it would be like hard for somebody who's a pro athlete doing this like it, but i feel like someone well, like you if i, I could like, I like could. if it was like okay when i put money on someone in this room to do it just no training like you, 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 you that's it. I'm always in. You're always in for a well, challenge. If you know I what? wasn't busy, I would honestly. Yeah, it's always. You know what? I guess I'm saying is he's always up for a challenge or trying something yeah. that he's never done. Well, Especially if should. it's for charity, like a sporting yeah. event for charity. That's like my bread and butter. You know what I mean? Like, oh, whirly ball tournament. Sure, here's my 200 bucks, and let me play my three games, and let me have some fun. And that's <laughs> yeah. it. If I have a couple pops and bevies at the end of the night, even better. Yeah. Like I did the uh, ride to conquer cancer. Oh uh, yeah. Two years ago, 200k, two days. And uh, I have like an, I have a decent bike. It's not great by any means, but I didn't really train for it. Cause I'm, like, I'm fucking riding a bike. Yeah. If I get tired, I just go slow. Well, the second day, 50K in, you can <laughs> stop. Like you don't realize that it's not very hard to stop on a bike. Like you stop pedaling a couple of times. You're just going to just 
freaking stop. And that's what happened. My knees were killing. I'm like, this is, I'm only 50K in. Yeah. I'm I can't 100. even imagine what that's like. Yeah, and my, knee, oh, my knees are hurting. Nuts. And then it's like, oh, I'm going back. And it's like, I'm on my third. But then you see the little, you know, this, like a little girl ride by you with the yellow, uh, the yellow flag. And the yellow flag means they're a cancer oh. survivor. And you see that go by and you're it like, fires you up. Oh, if that awesome. little kid can do it, so can yeah. I. Let's fucking go. And then you, and you keep going. And then you hit the brake. My knee's hurting again. And then the old lady with the little yellow flag flies. All right. I guess I'm, that's Yeah, that's, that's it, awesome. Right? But, but if I, honestly, I'm not kidding. Me and George are going skiing um, next weekend in Tremblant. Forgot but, about that. Yeah. <laughs> if I wasn't, I'm not kidding. I'd, I'd yeah, yeah, that'd be awesome. I'll, I'll keep you company for well, like couple k of well it. this is year one so like you know brandon and i were talking about this and like we, honestly we settled on 25k we had no idea like i, I personally have no idea how if it's going to be easy or hard uh, so it's year one it's kind of experimental we're, we're going to do it again i hope i hope in the future um next year like hopefully it'll be a little bit easier to to organize and and Imagine probably do tr- probably have some festivities afterwards like make a weekend of it up at blue mountain um i think it'd be but it'd be a pretty cool time. This is, yeah. yeah, yeah Cows are always up for a for yeah, change. Yeah. We'll do a hey, live episode. Charity yeah. sports. Well, obviously, yeah, we'll do a live episode. We'll like. do a little après ski episode. Buddy, it's called yeah. Ricky. <laughs> après ski is like Rick's favorite thing. <laughs> Bottomless Rick. mimosas or après ski right, parties. Ricky's go. magic All words. Right. Yeah. It is. <laughs> um, I want to ask. You guys have a website set up to donate how's this how's the process work? Give yeah, this is a nice plug. We we do. So there's a page. Links in my Instagram and and Brandon's bio. We'll, we'll um, make sure we'll share as well. But yeah, do you guys know what the so website is? I don't. Uh, it's on. Yeah, it's through the Terry Fox Foundation. Okay. Perfect. So, so it's on the Terry Fox page. Yeah. Well, we'll make sure we share that and get and get that all in. Sorry, I, I want to cut you that. off. It's just the people on the mic can't hear you, right? That's why. Yeah, so we'll we'll yeah, donate. 100%. We'll do a swipe up and and all those. Thanks, we'll, we'll share yeah. the link for sure. And Rick's got the you. Rick's got the, the pal's credit card. He'll throw some shackles <laughs> yeah, on there. I'll throw <laughs> some shackles, uh, and you know, Elaine. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll we'll help you get there too. We'll, we'll share it, and uh, no, it's honestly such a great initiative that you're doing. And I'm not even kidding. If I was, if we weren't skiing, I'd be in a hundred percent. Appreciate that. I got to yeah, borrow one of those sleds. One of those forty yeah, sleds. Yeah, no, man, we should do that sometime. Like. Uh, Honestly, a I'm fun, like, I, a fun Saturday afternoon, Sunday. I'm in. I'm in. Let's have do it. We drinks. have a lot of buddies who'd be down. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll, well, yeah, that'd we'll be a great time. Up. We'll find in the summertime when are, are rinks even open right now. We'll make a pals just we'll against each other. Honestly, I, you. I think uh, I get, four. I get no, first pick. no, no, I get, <laughs> I get one. Are you crazy? You played hockey. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I, I was just gonna say. I think like Ford performance and and probably Scotiabank are like some of the only rinks around that are open right now. So. Yeah. C- can't do it now but i think soon yeah when, when the opportunity open. does come we'll uh we'll set something up 100%. yeah where'd the idea for the uh the 25k come from uh, obviously like terry fox uh, initiative and just through like brandon and i's conversations we were just kind of talking about i mean especially when there's not much going on we, he, he just kind of asks like things i'm passionate about and obviously this is something that's you know close to my heart has been a big part of my life and and and, and truthfully like all the credit to brandon this was kind of something that that nice he little shout out for Brandon. yeah he helped think out think up and and we've just been having conversations about it for probably a couple months now um and uh and, and yeah it was a perfect fit because you know obviously like terry as i said terry fox is, is someone who's important to me he's changed so many people's lives and um and just there's still so many people still affected by by cancer um i think it's you know something that literally every person on the planet could could relate to um in in some capacity and so um yeah especially 
you know, when, when people are kind of looking for something, something positive to look, look for, I, I think I'm excited that they were, we have the opportunity to do this. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Honestly, that's awesome. I, I mean, like anything that's, that supports a good initiative and something that obviously resonates with yourself. That's really cool that you're, they're taking that initiative. I mean, obviously it goes without saying good luck. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming like you do seem like you're pretty, pretty well built. <laughs> pretty so I fit, mean, yeah. I feel like 25 K for you will be a little easier than it was for me, like carrying this weight around. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just hope still like, I wonder like how the trail, like, are you guys going to see the trail at all? Like the sea? No, we're going in blind, baby. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is better, you know, because maybe it's just like. I love that. It fires me Good up. For you That's like, I'm the same mentality, man. Let's just do it. Yeah. Get a good night's sleep before. Go. I'm, bring I'm, some power bars with me and let's do this. Yeah. Um, before. Yeah. I want to ask, actually, before we start to wrap up. Um, let's say one glide. So one good push with two arms. How far does that take you? Ballpark. 10 meters? Uh, I, yeah, I, I, that's actually a great guess. I, I would say that's pretty accurate. And it also probably depends on the ice. That's another thing. Like outdoor rinks are, the ice is so much different. Like, I'm going to do some quick math here. So to go, if you need to go, two, like one, it'd be, a, it'd be a powerful, like, actually, so if you're coming if from a dead stop, not, 10 meters wouldn't be accurate. No, but if you're, um, if you're going. Yeah. Actually, probably further than that then. Yeah. But I'm going to, I'm going to pace myself like, I, I think like that's another I thing i have no idea i gate. have no idea how fast to like you're gonna no, i don't want to take eight hours you're gonna tell the number you're gonna man like <laughs> what you're the number's gonna be high you're gonna be discouraged you don't i'm not gonna say that it's a lot of pushes there's a lot of you're scaring me <laughs> do, you, uh, do you train do you i guess obviously right now you're gonna be doing a lot of cardio to train for yeah you don't really have much time anymore. It's basically like a week. Yeah, I mean, I'm, it's like ten days. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> uh, George, I'm gonna start. You got yeah, me? yeah, no. I mean, like, you know, obviously it's exciting to see. Yo, actually, last thing I want to know is, is Be Beijing's the Winter Olympics? Yeah, and it's Paralympics and Winter Olympics together. Yeah, so is there gonna be? Is it impacted at all, or are they kind of anticipating by then it should be? Honestly, I think there's so much focus on what's going to happen with Tokyo right now that they have no idea. Uh, as far as I know, it, like everything's still a go. Yeah. Um, and I hope it stays that way. I think I feel so bad for the summer Olympians and Paralympians that are kind of just in limbo right now trying to find out what's happening. Um, it's kind of cool that there will be summer and, and winter like right back to back. Like six yeah. months apart. Yeah. that's Because the Winter Olympics are always in the beginning of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I think uh, everything's looking good as of right now. I, I think they're going to go ahead. I'm, I'm pretty positive they will. Um, and, and I'm excited about that. Um, yeah. I can't wait. Fire it up, it's, Yeah. Man, it feels like four years goes by so quick and like – as Olympians and Paralympians, you kind of live your life in like f in four year periods and, and those four years always fly by. Um, and then there's so much build up, like, especially the, the one year leading up to it. Um, and then it's gone like that, but I I'm so excited. Like, I think everyone kind of gets better and better just being more mature and like having a better understanding of what you're walking into. Um, and then just being able to enjoy it more. Yeah. Uh, so I can't wait. Like, I think we're gonna win first and foremost, and and it'll just be yeah. nice to 
to experience it. I've already got my Team Canada jacket. I've got Hell a jersey. Yeah. I'm Yo. Jordan. Show my jacket there. We go to, we've been. To, we're in Beijing. We went. Are you kidding? Oh yeah. We Look. went. So that time we did Tokyo. So I did Seoul to Tokyo. Rick came and then no, sorry, Seoul to Shanghai, Shanghai to Beijing, Beijing to Japan. Look at this. So I've done sick. that part of the yeah. world. I'm a Team Canada athlete right now. Look at that. All right, buddy. Oh, damn. I'll get you. I'll get you boys a jersey. Oh, oh heck yeah. Be sick. yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, honestly, we talked about it. Like we got Johnny Mo as well. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, him. Curler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't. I don't know him, but I, I obviously watched watched him and. We. Uh, I love you say obviously watch. Like not many people watch Curler. I, man, I'm a I'm an Olympic nerd. Like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's actually it's funny. So I had one I. last question I wanted to ask. Favorite summer Olympic sport? Damn summer. Holy shit. Because I, I was gonna <laughs> ask hockey. Oh, I mean, sorry, I was gonna ask winter, but I, I figure summer is like. Let's figure that one out first, because. I mean, like. I think like tra like the track and field events are sick. They're yeah. so exciting and like especially being in those massive stadiums. Uh, I think I, I'll, I'll go off off the charts here. Like I I think uh, one of the events that I I respect the most and must be just absolutely grueling is was a decathlon. Yeah. Jesus. That, yeah. <laughs> like I couldn't imagine, man. Like that'd be so hard to prepare for. Like. What do you focus on? What do you focus your training on? Um, I, I I just have so much respect for those athletes. Like yeah. it's insane. Those but, are the uh, guys that like. If, go ahead. Sorry. sorry. No, and no. you're just like you're an all around athlete. Yeah. To to be good at that. So, it's, yeah. I, I was gonna say like the decathlons. Like if you if you said like who's one person you'd put money on to survive an apocalypse? You'd be like someone who does the decathlon. Yeah. They can ski, shoot, like they Run, can do bike, everything. Do everything. There's a teammate of mine though that I think I'd pick him number one. The guy's the most resourceful person in the world. One day, I like I didn't even know him at What's the time. What's his name? What's his name? Adam Dixon. Okay. Uh, and uh, and so like this is before I made the team, but uh, another teammate of mine, Greg, so was like you were was a rock. Yeah, you were a rock so, at the time. They were living together in Mississauga and, and Greg Westlake was his roommate. And one day he came home as like a Friday and, and Dixie's like, Dixie's got like bags packed full of shit, like food, like anything you need. And apparently he, uh, Greg's like, what are you doing? He's like, he's like, I'm going to hitchhike. He, he's from Midland and they were living in Mississauga. He's like, I'm going to hitchhike home. He's like, I'm just going to try to get home. And he's like, Greg's like, well, what if you don't get a ride? He's like, well, I got my food packed. I'm going to walk the whole way. <laughs> so, he just, <laughs> so he just, he prepared for like a full weekend of, of maybe having to walk from Mississauga to Midland. And then apparently like a couple hours later, he called Greg and he's like, He's like, I made it home. He's like, I got picked up within five minutes, got home to Midland within a couple hours. <laughs> Shut up. So like that, That's but that guy can do absolutely anything, like learn anything. I think he he could survive whatever. Love that. Uh, Dixie. Yeah. Yeah. If there's an apocalypse, we're coming to find you, buddy. <laughs> um, actually, a, f a work colleague of mine, and I used to swim with this um, with his son, his son, Julio Bonomo. He was a, uh, he didn't make the Olympic swimming team. But he swam at Carleton or uh, University of Ottawa. I can't remember. Really good swimmer, like almost <laughs> on the Olympic swim team. So once you once you hit like I think twenty three or something, you're if you're a swimmer and you're not making it, by then you're kind of you're it's tough. So he switched to what's when you do six events? So, Hepta heptathlon that's or seven. that's seven. seven. So that that's what Which, he does. He does okay. the seven actually. And the way he trains for this, I asked the dad. I was like, how how the hell do you train? He goes, well, every day, sorry, three days a week it's swimming, but then also three days a week it's running. Then one day a week it's horseback riding. One day a week I think it's fencing. I think what fencing's in Hepcon. 
Cuff Jesus. I have no idea. I, I, yeah, I, I, no, I actually you, you don't hear know. This what you gonna, got have Tathal on. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Because I'm pretty sure it's horseback riding. Because I see pictures on Facebook, him riding a horse, like looking legit. So I'm, I don't think he does that for fun at this point. Yeah. I think he's like training for it. So unless I'm talking about the wrong athlon, but uh, anyways, <laughs> irrelevant at this point. But yeah, he's a crazy athlete. Yeah. Too. Uh, I think that's about it. Tyler. Buddy, appreciate you coming on. Yeah. My pleasure, boys. Thanks for having no, me. You're, this you're was there. awesome. Yeah, glad you came yeah. on. Glad we got to... Hold on. Wait, let's, before we get yeah. there... It is a 100-meter hurdle. High jump, long jump, 200-meter sprint, long jump, javelin. So it's all running track and field related. Jeez. Okay, so maybe it's, the, something else. maybe it's the other one. That's yeah. the decathlon then. Yeah, probably. I know. Maybe I'm just wrong. <laughs> it's okay. I really uh, miss the I Olympics. I, I can't no wait idea. to watch. I really am fired up. So, do you know what's funny? I So, I love Olympians, obviously, and, and all our listeners know Tell this. us again. 12 times but, today. Um, <laughs> I actually watch the Olympics. Like, I follow it when it's on. I Every morning, I check to see who won the medals the night before. And even the sports I don't really care about, I, I actually end up, like, not all of them, obviously, but I watch the highlights for every Olympic sport. Basically. Yeah. You know what we should do? Assuming that people can socially gather and do that, we should have an Olympics viewing party for everyone here. Done. That'd be unreal. Because we've been honestly, we've been fortunate enough to have like people like yourself and 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 a, a, like so a many. wide range of Olympians on this. And like, I don't know how we've been so lucky and fortunate. And and everybody who's come has had the crazy stories and such different backgrounds, upbringings, like the, what sport they're involved in. I think it's so cool. And I mean, we've been saying like we wanted to go to Tokyo like last summer. Obviously, it didn't happen, but you know. Hopefully we can we can be in, yeah. in attendance because like Ricky and I don't need an excuse to travel or, or, yeah. or attend a sporting I, event. Honestly, but if, if you, not, we'll have it we'll have it playing here for sure. And yeah, I think it's something everybody should experience in their lifetime. Like the games are, the the vibe during those two weeks is so crazy. Um, and especially like you know it's such a different perspective too from a fan's point of view. Like my parents and, and my sister and and her fiance, they had an absolute blast like they have such a good time they're partying the whole two weeks um <laughs> doing whatever like going and watching whatever sport they want it just seems like such a time yeah um, heck yeah so like i i think everybody you know I, I i wish everybody had the opportunity to go to a games at some point in their life because i think it's it's obviously you know an unparalleled experience so yeah. You guys should definitely do that if if the opportunity arises. 100%. The opportunity will arise. If it's yeah. not this upcoming Olympics, we'll it's next, the next yeah. Well, 2022, hopefully we're okay. But and if good. not, 2026, I'm there. Yeah. Anyways, it's been a blast. Um, yeah, before we wrap up, we've got two questions we always ask every guest. The first, if there was a movie about your life, who would you want to star as you? It could be anyone from any point in time. God damn. <laughs> <laughs> So, who, so is this someone who's similar to me no, or just anyway, I, 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 humble, humble brag but i always get i always get bradley cooper yeah, uh, appearance wise i like it I um like it. F for whatever reason like i i love uh i love woody harrelson though like i yeah, yeah. He is, I, he's a sick actor yeah, yeah. because he can cool. play every role right yeah he can play a funny guy he can play a serious guy i think he's playing a villain in an upcoming movie is he yeah. he's in, cool in one of yeah. the marvel or dc his movies persona is just like so you want a fun fact sick. about him he uh there was a movie being shot near my office uh in etobicoke and it's called the man from toronto it's with kevin hart woody harrelson and somebody else jason statham yeah so right Next to my office, it was ne it was shooting next to a, uh, a gym that I go to, but it was the it was shooting at like uh, shooting there, so it was next to my office. So I come into work one day and I see this like 
purple bus. Like it literally looks like hippies from the seventies in like California had this bus parked up. There's like bikes, canopy, right outside our office. I didn't think anything of it. I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. Went to work. A couple of days later, I'm actually at like the gym. I just pop in. I was like, hey, like what's going on? They tell me Woody Harrell's in it. I was like, oh, cool. They're like, yeah, he comes. He actually comes in like a purple bus. And I was like, what? Like, yeah, he doesn't fly. When he goes to set, he takes his bus and he has a driver. I think he flies, but he doesn't stay in hotels. He stays in his giant RV. And that RV was parked outside my office for a week, and I had no idea. <laughs> I just thought it was some hit, like some hippie guy. What the hell? I was like, oh, so just some hippies hanging out at the office? Cool. It was Woody Harrelson. So if I could, if I stayed there a little longer, I might have bumped into him. Yeah. Get him on the pod, George. Honestly, yeah. I'm really bummed that yeah. I didn't. He's really cool. He like, I would have, even if I could have just said, like, hello, would have been happy. But yeah. Been good. Anyways. I don't know George, what the point last, of the story was, but last question. <laughs> um, if you could give one piece of advice to your younger self, what would it be? I actually, I answered this the other day and I, I, damn, I think I, I don't know. I like, I, I answered it the other day. And when I did, I said like, be more present. I feel like when I was a younger kid, especially I was like, just, and I still do in a way, just kind of fly by the seat of my pants. Um, I would I would say that for sure. Uh, damn, I have no idea. No, you, <laughs> that's you a tough a good question. One. Um, a good one. Yeah, I I think that that's it. That's yeah. all I can think of off the top of my head. That's a tough question. I, I actually that that advice is really good. I honestly that kind of resonates with me. I'm very much the same. I actually yeah. use that saying once on this episode, and then Rick's like, "What was that?" I like that one. No, he yeah. had a couple of good ones today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, no, that's some good. That's some good advice, and it, it applies for sure. Yeah, and, and awesome. it, man, it's tough to do. Like, for I'm, sure. I'm still the same way. Um, it's hard to like just focus on one thing yeah. at a time and not get distracted or not want to do everything at once, right? Yeah. Yeah. Even like worrying about the past or worrying about the future. Or, like sometimes you get so caught up. Okay, well, I can't change what I did yesterday, but I can change what I could do tomorrow by focusing on today. God, Brandon, you're killing us. Here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing, but don't worry. Uh, but yeah, it's like focusing on right now and what's important at this exact moment. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Uh, again, thank you for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. If people want to find out more about you, what you're doing, the sledge um, uh, event that you're going to be doing, where should they go? How can they find you? Uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, Tyler McGregor eight, I, I guess same on Twitter. It's kind of the only places I'm present. Uh, yeah. And then the link to, to that page is in my bio. Um, and, and there's also kind of, I guess it can be found through Terry Fox foundation's website. Um, and, and I, I can't really direct you in the right direction in that <laughs> sense, but, but we'll, f you know, if you go to my Instagram page, I think that's the we'll, best place we'll, to find we'll it. We'll take care of all yep. that. Yeah. Stuff, all right. Worry, appreciate that. I appreciate you coming on George. Anything else? No, it was been, it's been fun been a it's blast been awesome. and then right. uh, we'll, we'll be in touch soon and if we don't chat obviously good luck next or in 10 11 days whenever it is and crush it yeah thank you appreciate right. you having right. me on this is awesome yeah if you listen this far sign us uh, subscribe leave us a review follow them follow us and that's it signing off pals cheers see ya you like to drink and to smoke to take away the pain And I don't remember all of my mistakes And every I got alone, no one thing You're not alright, I'm not alright